Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, June 23rd, and it's a free-for-all. We're going to open the phone lines right now, jump in. I have a feeling it's going to go quick today. We'll be here for an hour or until we run out of questions. But go ahead and jump in right now. I do have an open this morning. I'll warn you right now. I have two topics. They're both political, but they both deal directly with trucking. And they're both something we should be um, paying attention to right now. So uh, I'll talk about that here for a little bit. Then we'll get to your calls and questions. So line them up. Anything goes today. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything you want to talk about, Trucks, money, fuel mileage, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, something I'm going to talk about right now, uh, or anything else, the economy, oil prices, whatever it might be, we'll talk about it. Just pick up the phone and join us, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. All right, so two topics here: um, fuel prices. I was reading several analysts this morning that are predicting diesel prices specifically. Not so much gas, but diesel prices may still have a long way to go up. They're looking at the world supply of diesel. Diesel is the most popular fuel in the world. A lot of other countries use diesel for even more things than we do. A lot of other countries have more diesel cars and and passenger vehicles than we do. So diesel is a very popular fuel around the world. For one thing, it's one of our fuels that has the most energy in it. But the... Price right now, as bad as it might be, they are predicting we could see seven to ten dollar diesel fuel if something doesn't change. Now, the one thing that could change that's already happening is the rampant inflation, the Fed raising interest rates, all of those things will slow down the economy. When you slow down the economy, there is less demand for fuels. So that is the one thing that might balance this out. That's not necessarily a good thing. We're talking about the economy crashing. We're talking about a recession, but that's what happens. The price can only go so high and the market just can't handle it. So we pay attention to that again in trucking for most of us it's honestly it's just not that big of a deal for some people it just means more profit but the economy really won't be able to handle those kinds of fuel prices and the trucking industry not everybody can survive on that fuel surcharge for a lot of reasons so we will see more bankruptcies more failures in trucking if this price continues to go up So here is what um, this administration is proposing. Here's the political part. So this 
is just like almost every other thing in business. It's supply and demand. This isn't the big oil companies all of a sudden getting greedy and colluding to raise prices. I didn't realize this. I found it the other day while I was researching something else about oil prices. There have been like 40 investigations over the years into collusion in oil pricing. None of them, not a single investigation ever found any evidence that oil companies were colluding to fix prices. Not once. If they had the ability to just raise prices and be greedy, why did they wait till now? It, it just doesn't even make sense when Biden continues to blame this on Putin and the big oil companies being greedy. That's not how business works. This is a supply and demand issue. We have too much demand or we have a lot of demand. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to be too much. It's just it's a lot of demand. Actually, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But when you have that much demand and you don't have the supply, that's the problem here. You don't have enough supply. Did the war in Ukraine exacerbate this? Of course it did in several ways. It didn't create the problem, but it certainly made it worse because we lost supply because Russia started cutting off um, their fuel to other European countries. Now that has to be made up from other parts of the world. We are exporting a ton of oil, but it's not enough. So now you have a supply issue. How do you fix a supply issue? You don't work on demand that's for sure. You work on the supply side. That's where the problem is. Biden keeps standing up in front of the camera and saying, we are doing everything we can do to lower oil prices. Except he never tells us what. He keeps saying everything. We're doing everything. What everything? I can think of two things they're doing. And here's the problem. Neither one of those two things increase supply. Technically, they increase demand. It will make the problem worse, not better. It, it, this is just like everything else we talk about, troubleshooting health. You have to understand what the root cause of the problem is and fix the root cause, not do things that cover up symptoms of the problem. The symptom of the problem being the high price. So when you do things that, oh, look, we did something and it brought the price down a little bit. Oh, but what did you do? You affected demand. You did something that created a false lower price for a short period of time and did nothing to fix the problem. Here are the two things they're basically doing that one, which is a, another really bad idea for so many reasons, releasing oil out of our strategic reserves. Those are there for emergencies. Is it possible we're facing world emergencies right now? We have a war in Russia. We do have a shortage of oil. That is not the time to be taking oil out of your reserves. This isn't an emergency yet. 
those are there for a true emergency. Here's the other problem with it. Not only is it just a bad idea for our national security, it doesn't fix the problem at all. This would be like somebody calling me and saying, I have a ton of credit card debt. How do I fix this? And me saying, oh, well, do you have any savings? Do you have home equity we can borrow from? Oh, yeah, I have some savings and I could get a home equity line of credit. Oh, okay. Take money out of your savings and pay off your credit card debt. Take money out of your home equity line and pay off your credit card debt. That doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't even address the problem. The problem is you're spending too much. That's why you keep running up credit card debt. If you take money out of your savings to pay off your credit card debt, but you keep spending, just like we keep using all the oil, we're not producing anymore. So now we're going to take it out of the strategic reserves to lower the price. And it's not a true lowering of price. It's a placebo and a Band-Aid that covers up the symptom, the high price, makes the problem worse. If you keep taking money out of your savings to pay your credit card debt, eventually you run out of savings, you still have the credit card debt. That is a horrible way to approach this. And it didn't do much, obviously, because prices kept going up. So what's their next answer to fix this supply problem oh let's have a gas tax holiday how does that produce more oil it doesn't will it even work if it works it's only going to lower the price by 20 cents roughly diesel and gas prices are a little different to tax 19 cents i think maybe on gas 20 something on diesel First off, it's not a really big savings for people. And, you know, the administration, well, every little bit helps. No, it doesn't help if it makes the problem worse. And that's what this is going to do. What did you do? You lowered the price artificially by taking away the federal gas tax and fuel tax. You lowered the price artificially. Do we have more supply? Nope. Do we have more demand? Possibly if you lowered it and now people can buy a little more, you've made the problem worse. You tried to fix a supply side problem with a demand side answer. That is just ignorant. Not to mention it will cost us $10 billion in tax revenue that is supposed to go to the highways. The Biden administration seems to have one thing that they've done that they brag about. They passed an infrastructure bill. Well, if you're so concerned about infrastructure, why are you going to do something that doesn't fix the problem we're facing and creates a bigger problem in infrastructure, another $10 billion just gone? I just don't understand. This administration cannot be this stupid. They really can't. This has to be intentional. I have an idea of why, and it's, you know, not even that big of a stretch, and it's not even, you know, conspiracy theory kind of stuff. Uh, It really just has to do with all the money that is going to be made from electric vehicles and electric infrastructure. Uh, 
And I, I think everybody that listens to the show knows I love electric vehicles. I think they could be awesome. I don't want to see them subsidized in any way. I don't want to see any kind of tax credits or anything from the government to make that happen. Let the free market decide. This is the way I believe the government is pushing us to electric vehicles. They can claim it's about um, the environment. And I'm sure for some of the progressives, it, it might be about the environment. But I think it has a lot more to do with all the money that is going to change hands over electric vehicles and electric infrastructure. Think about it. Uh, I mentioned this, uh, I don't know, a week or two ago. I, I wanted to know who the first billionaire was, and I went and looked it up. And it turns out that most of the early billionaires were all made in the oil industry. It's huge. Now, think about how big the electrical vehicle market and charging infrastructure could be if that's what we're forced into. There will be trillions of dollars changing hands. I think that's all this is. This isn't about the environment. This is about the next generation of who knows. We could potentially see the first trillionaire from this. I think that's all this is about, but we are certainly going about this wrong, and a lot of people are going to suffer over this. Um, all right, one other thing, and then we're going to get to your calls. They're starting to come in, so jump in quick here. Um, the uh, Supreme Court uh, ruled on things this morning. Uh, I know everybody else was looking to see if they were going to rule on the abortion bill. I could care less about that. I want to know if they ruled on AB5. I don't think they did. I can't find anything yet. Uh, I'm not exa- I haven't figured out exactly where to look. I, I need to do a little more digging. Um, I did some quick searches this morning, and I didn't see anywhere where they ruled on it. Um, you know, I mentioned this the other day. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I had, um, I had some things I was going to talk about. Calls are starting to come in. Here's the thing. If we pass this AB5 type law, it's not called AB5 in the federal government, but we all kind of know what AB5 is in California. The law in the federal government right now, um, Matt sent me all these numbers the other day. Um, it's called the PRO Act. In the House, H.R. 842, I believe that's passed. Um, in the Senate, it's S-420, and it's stuck in committee. Oh, yeah, Matt said the House bill passed uh, March, 20, March of 21. Um, if they pass this in trucking, this, this law across the country is going to have huge impacts on tons of industries. But I own, I'm only concerned with trucking. If they're going to pass this, then we should also eliminate, we should do this anyway, whether they pass it or not. We should eliminate this whole thing we call authority. It absolutely makes no sense anymore. Think about every other business I want to start. I, sure, I might have to go get some permits. I might have to do some licensing. I have some forms I fill out with the government. I, 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 but a lot of businesses, I don't even have to do that. 
Just go into business. You start selling something. People set up online businesses every day. People set up every kind of business every day. They just say, look, I'm in business. I'm going to go cut lawns and people are going to pay me for it. That's what we want. We want really low barriers of entry. We want it to be easy to get into business. That creates more competition. It makes us all better. But in trucking, you can't do that. You have to ask the government's permission and pay them a fee and wait for them. And then there's all these other steps to the process. Why? Well, there was a time when that process was how the government controlled pricing in trucking. If we go back to the beginning of trucking, the thought was, and this happened in several industries that are regulated, utilities, airlines, trucking, when we had these types of financial regulations. The idea was that some businesses were too risky and expensive to get started, so we needed to protect those businesses from too much competition. That was the idea. Utilities, the idea of stringing up wires for phone and electric all over the entire country was so expensive and so risky that the government said, and I don't know that I would have agreed with this then or not. Was it really necessary? I don't know. But the idea was, we'll protect these businesses until, until these industries mature, and then most of that risk is gone. So we had financial regulation in the trucking industry for a long time. And what that meant was, when you wanted to get authority, you had to do several things. You had, you had to have shippers and receivers write letters to say there was a need for more trucks in this particular lane. And if there wasn't a need, the government just wouldn't give you the authority. Even when there was a need, you could have letters and the government would just say, no, we're not giving you authority. You cannot become a trucking company. Okay, that was the law. That was the regulation at the time. We got rid of that because that's not a free market. Whether we needed to do that or not in the beginning doesn't matter anymore. We certainly don't need it now, and it doesn't work that way anymore. The government does not use this to try to control the supply of trucks anymore. That was the whole purpose of authority. Well, get rid of it. We still have a requirement. I have to get a DOT number. That's still the first step in the process anyway. But if I want to move freight for other people on top of the DOT number, I have to ask permission from the government and pay for it. It's an ignorant system. We could eliminate that entire government bureaucracy that deals with authority. 
I apply for a DOT number. You now know that I am a trucking company and I have to meet all of the other requirements for insurance and safety and drug testing. Fine, all of that stuff can stay in place. That, that, all businesses have things like that they have to deal with, but no other, well, I shouldn't say no other. There might be some, I don't know of them. You shouldn't have to ask the government for permission and pay them a fee. This is an ignorant, outdated, useless system. And if you're going to eliminate independent contractors in trucking and require them to become a trucking company, drop the authority. Hell, the government has an incentive here. Hundreds of thousands of people might have to go file for their authority and the government makes money on it. It should just go. It just doesn't make any sense anymore. Let's, uh, let's get to the phones. Let's go to Minnesota. Tony, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. It, I wanted to uh, say I really enjoyed your guest yesterday, David. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Good, good. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, guys are talking about the uh, health, especially mental health from the diet. Yeah. And stuff, and I was, you know, because I'd, I'd been thinking about that for a while because uh, looking at all these uh, mass shootings that have been happening lately. Yeah. It's like, you know, one after another, and it, it's got to be, you know, have have something to do with uh, the diet just making, you know, something really wrong in, in, in people's brains to think that that is something to do. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, it, it has always, you know, what could possibly cross into someone's mind that, it's a good thing to say, hey, I'm going to go shoot up a school or a church or something like that. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, and there are other indicators that something has gone horribly wrong uh, in this area. That, that's one. The other one, uh, suicides are through the roof. Uh, teen suicides are yeah. breaking records. Drug addiction through the roof, uh, which is also killing people. And... I was shocked a couple months ago when I did some digging and found out how many adolescents and children are on psych psychiatric medications. The numbers are yeah. staggering. Why are we putting all these kids on all these mental health drugs? Yeah, no, it's. It's not good. The, the other thing I was thinking of, remember the uh, uh, rock group uh, Queen Trike in their rock album uh, uh, Operation Mindcrime? Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, to jump to the conspiracy theory thing, so, <laughs> uh, you know, this could yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, you know, having these people plant, you know, that, that idea, you know, all these people who have mental problems, to go ahead and do that. It's kind of a way that, you know, since the government can't just run around and take all of our guns, you know, because of, you know, everything that's going on, 
with the economy and all these mass shootings and stuff, they're going to like de- declare martial law. And instead of saying, you know, I'm just going to come take your guns, you say, okay, just you know, with the martial law, then it's like, um, if anyone's seen with the, you know, carrying a gun, that, you know, they'll just shoot them. Yeah, you know, we can certainly spend all day on conspiracy theories, and it it seems like more and more they are looking more and more likely all the time. But let's just set all that aside for a second. Let's see if there might just be an easier explanation for all of this. And I think, you know, my open about the electric vehicles. The, the there is yeah. there some giant conspiracy there? No, I just think it's a bunch of people after a lot of money because there's going to be a huge amount of money put into electric vehicles. And I think at this point, the government and the lobbyists are saying, why wait? Let's force this. Raise fuel price, do things that raise fuel prices enough and force people into these vehicles, which isn't going to work. I, I don't know exactly. what they're thinking because most if people can't afford $5 gas, then they can't afford an electric vehicle either. So that's just a, but exactly. I think that's what they're pushing for. But I don't think it's any big conspiracy theory. I think it's just people looking at it going, look, energy for vehicles is a big thing energy for vehicles and homes and everything we do is a huge thing billionaires were made off of oil trillionaires might be made off electric i think that's all this is so let's look at this other idea we're talking about now um kids needing mental health drugs um maybe there's some big conspiracy theory there or maybe Maybe it's just another money grab. Sell a bunch of really, really cheap food to people, which is what we're doing with our food supply. It makes them sick. Now they need really, really expensive drugs. It's a win-win for the people who want to make money off this. Yeah, the pharmaceutical companies are just horrible. Big food, big agriculture, big pharma, and big government helping them do it. I think that's all this is. It's nothing but a big money grab that goes on forever. Yeah, that does make sense. Sometimes, you know, the simple answer might be it, and uh, greed makes people do a lot of things. Let's uh, let's go to New York. JR, welcome to the program. Hello. What can I help you with today? Hi, sorry about that. Hi, I'm JR calling from New York. Uh, thanks for everything you do. I got a diabetic retinopathy. Um, I've been listening to you for the last year. I've been following your diet. You know, I've gone from like a 7-9 right now. I'm hovering since the beginning of the year. I'm at 5-4. I'm at Excellent. Uh, I, uh, I've been averaging. I've been getting the injection in the eye the Avastin, and one eye is more active than the other, and the one eye that, that's bringing the leaks, all right, I'm averaging like about every two and a half to three months, I need an injection because of the inflammation in the back of the, in, inflammation and hemorrhages in the back of the eye. You know, I've been following your diet, like I said, I got no grains, you know, but somehow I can't get rid of that inflammation all the way back there. 
Okay. So first off, congratulations on getting your A1C down that low. That's excellent. That's the first step in starting to recover from this. Let's talk about what's going on here. So this is retinopathy. We also know with um, diabetes and, and high sugar numbers, we deal with neuropathy. And we also know that Alzheimer's and dementia is now... We're actually calling it type 3 diabetes. The same process is happening in all of these diseases. I'm going to simplify it a little bit, but it's really not that far off the mark, and I think this way of explaining it helps us understand things. When you are a diabetic, what we're really saying is that your blood sugar, the amount of sugar in your blood is higher than it is supposed to be. And it stays that way for years and years and years and years. And even after you become diabetic and you start taking all these drugs, typically your blood sugar is still higher than it should be, but they call it, well, it's under control. All of that sugar in the blood and in the body, all of these years, what happens when you um, uh, touch or hold or handle things that have a lot of sugar in them? It's sticky, isn't it? What do you mean? If I, if I take... It, oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I it, know. It, it could, uh, the, the, the sugar more or less coats the veins. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on here in all these neuropathies and retinopathies. The sugar is actually coating the nerve endings, and then those nerve endings don't function properly. That's where we get the foot pain, the, the neuropathy in the, in the feet. Those nerve endings aren't working anymore. The nerve endings in your eyes aren't functioning properly anymore. Can we reverse this? We're not entirely sure yet. I, I do believe that over time we can. Um, I, 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 again, there's not a lot of proof of this yet. Um, I have had people tell me that after time, their neuropathy tends to diminish. I have had some people tell me it went away completely. Those are anecdotal that that's not proof that this you know that this is going to happen and every case is different so first off it might just improve over time are there other things we could do to maybe speed it along uh, possibly so when you say you're eating my diet um uh, probably not correct you're probably close you said no grains that kind of stuff that's awesome and it got your blood sugar down but are you really if if i were to pick what i would call my diet that's ndk nutrient dense keto do you believe that you're eating nutrient dense keto no no on average my my diet is uh in the morning all right, um, I'll have uh, run some nuts, some real nuts, uh, maybe half a cup, uh, some pork grinds to hold me over. And then by midday, I might have a, a real small salad or like two, three eggs and some bacon. And then in the, in the, in the evening, um, I'm strictly a meat and vegetables kind of guy. I like to eat by six o'clock. Seven the latest. Okay. After nine so o'clock, I, I don't I, touch anything. Yeah. So I, I've got a pretty good idea about your diet. It's it's awesome for what we were 
doing in the first place, lowering the blood sugar, getting the A1C under control, losing weight, lowering inflammation. But how much seafood are you eating? Oh, I do fish. I do fish Fridays. What kind of fish? So at least once, once, once a week. Uh, cod, you know, fillet, you know, any, any kind of fish. Uh, I really can't stomach the salmon. I know salmon is the yeah. best, but I really can't stomach it. How about tuna? You know, some things I'll, I'll, have, I'll have some lox. Oh, yeah, I love tuna. Okay, eat more tuna. White fish, it's not bad for you, but white fish is kind of like muscle meat. So, sure, eating muscle meat, eating a good filet, nothing wrong with that. It's got protein, it's got fat, but that's the least nutritious part of an animal white fish is kind of the same way it's the least nutritious of our fish we want darker colored fish higher in fat and oil content so tuna salmon mackerel sardines um, cod livers things like that so if you can add more since you like tuna add more tuna try the um, mackerel from our store and the white anchovies they are my, they taste a lot like tuna, but even more mild than tuna, and their nutrition is through the roof. How much organ meat are you eating? Uh, not, not, not really too much, no. Which means none. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I thought. So, you know, and I, I get it. Even if you like organ meats, organ meats are more difficult to get into our diet. They just are. I get it. it, it they're harder to find. They're harder to yeah, cook. Yeah. If, if, you know, if, if, if it comes with the chicken, I'll eat it. You know, right. but as far as making a meal specifically, no. Yeah, which is kind of what I thought. And I get it, especially on the road. Adding organ meats is more difficult. We don't like them as much, so we're probably not as motivated to go out of our way to find them. But that's where all the nutrition is. And if, if we have a chance of reversing these neuropathies and retinopathies and these other damages that have been done by high sugar, it's going to be with super high nutrition. I, I believe if we're going to fix this, it's going to require nutrient-dense food. So we, we have a solution on the seafood. On the organ meats, if you can't get organ meats into your diet, then you should be taking the organ meat supplements. The, the, um, and they're really just whole food supplements. The, the, they're just desiccated organs. So they dehydrate them, turn them into a powder, put them in a capsule, and you swallow them. But it's still the whole food. So they're, they're as close to food as we're going to get, and they are by far the best way to get these organ meats into your diet. Again, for people on the road, I know it's just really difficult, and a lot of people just don't like organ meats. I get it. So, But I, I, this is a case where, yeah, we're trying to fix a specific problem, and I'm pretty sure it's going to take more nutrition than what you're currently getting in your diet. Uh, I currently using uh, your bromelain and your optic plus and that, uh, cardio miracle. It, it, those will all help. 
Those, those are good. No doubt the Optic Plus is specific nutrients for the eyes, so that certainly can't hurt. Again, we don't have any real evidence to show that's going to solve this, but it, it, we know it certainly can't mm-hmm. hurt. And adding more nutrients in your diet certainly can't hurt for a lot of things. Um, and some of I also would guess that you're probably eating out, right? No, 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 I don't, I, I don't eat out. And okay. if I eat out, so, like let's say, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll throw the bread out and I'll eat the meat. Okay. Now, so where does your food come from then? Oh, the supermarket. Okay. So the quality of your meat is poor, meaning it's higher in omega-6 and lower in omega three, and omega six. Uh, I, I take. Go ahead. I take some fish pills. Yeah, that I, doesn't matter. I do the fish that, pills, that, that, and, that, that, and I and I do matter. the real peanuts. Doesn't matter. Okay. Eat, eat real what? The peanuts, the real peanuts. You know, not the little one. You know, the cashews, the pecans, macadamias. What do you mean, real peanuts? Yeah, because you said you said peanuts are are, are okay. They got omega threes. No, 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 no. Stop, really stop, stop. I've never said okay. peanuts are All okay. Right. I've said you don't eat peanuts. Nuts. I use the word nuts, not peanuts. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that's why. All right. So look at this. Cashews. Pecans, macadamia. Th- those are all fine, but okay, yeah. But right. nuts are high in omega six. That's the inflammatory uh, fat. We don't necessarily want too much of that. Now, it doesn't mean we shouldn't eat oh, nuts. I gotta get rid of that. No, it, 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 uh, I'm not telling people not to eat mm. nuts. I eat nuts almost every day and seeds, but. I also only eat animal products that were raised properly, which means I get a lot more omega-3. I eat lots of seafood, so I get more omega-3. So I have a good balance between omega-6 and omega-3, which is what we want. Your diet, because you eat poor quality meat and nuts and probably poor quality eggs and probably poor quality dairy, you're getting too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3, which will continue that inflammation. So try to up the quality of your meat. And, and really, I get it. On the road, um, that's next to impossible. Unless you buy your own high-quality meat from a local farm that's pasture-raised or one of the online sources we talk about, and then can it so you can take it with you. That's why that is such an important thing that we teach. Let's, uh, let's go to Michigan. Sarah, welcome to the program. Good morning. I also wanted to make a comment on something you were talking about yesterday with David from Azure. Um, you were talking about how you switched your diet at, in your 50s and Michael in his 20s. And then the twins were born 
I mean, even conceived with the, uh, this real healthy whole food diet going back to, um, pre engineering food engineering, I guess. Yeah. And you said, what if, you know, we can't wait to see how, how well they excel, you know, mentally and physically and, who knows the human potential that we could accomplish? And the thought struck me, well, we kind of know where hum- some human potential can excel because we look back at the pyramids and the Great Wall of China and things like this and be like, wow, aliens must have come down and told us how to do this because how, how could humans ever accomplish this by themselves? I'm like, I think we know. That's that's an interesting thought. That really is. It it, it was it was well nourished human. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, kind of my my thought process, and I didn't really get deep enough into it and explain it because we were just talking about so many things. Um, it, and now I may not be as uh, I, I may not. How how am I trying to say this? There was a time when I looked at our diet and said, okay, if we were really healthy as hunter-gatherers, which we were, and you look at hunter-gatherers in locations around the world, we didn't have access to a wide variety of all these things we now call superfoods. You know, because these superfoods right. tend to be concentrated in just certain parts of the world. I, I, you know, we didn't travel much as hunter-gatherers. We didn't go far. So did we really have this wide variety of nutrition, or were we kind of eating the, the same things over and over, some roots when we needed them, and some berries, and certainly all the animals? So th- my thought was, well, wow, what if we ate, you know, this good, clean hunter-gatherer diet, but now we have access to mushrooms that come from Sweden and, you know, makat powder that comes from South America, and we have all these superfood fruits, and, you know, we might be superhuman. I kind of doubt it. I, I, you know, I'm almost thinking now these superfoods aren't really that super. Um, you know, we make a big deal, especially the plant superfoods. Um, but, but the idea of a couple of generations into this, um, wondering what the human potential would be like would be really interesting. Yeah, and then another thought on those superfoods, what I think where we definitely go wrong is when you, you break it up. Um, on a molecular level and say, this is the thing that helps us because it does this. Those things were created in a package for a reason. And I believe they were, they were located in a place for a reason to complement those local other regional things. And I think everything was designed to be where it was and consumed with the things around it on purpose. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So, you know, for example, where I live right now, it's, you know, berry season is starting and we talk about berries being so nutritious and they don't really have any problems. And um, this part of the country, berries grow 
everywhere. You can't get rid of them around here. I've never seen so many blackberries uh, and raspberries and blueberries. All the berries really grow well. Um, We kind of consider berries, you know, kind of a superfood category. Well, if you survived in the desert Southwest, you wouldn't have access to berries. Right. Well, what would you be eating there? Snakes and insects and cactus and... Right, right. But maybe your idea of each locality probably has most of the nutrients you need as long as you're eating the real foods in their whole form from that area. That's a theory I have. I think you're probably right. And and I also think that the human body, when you give it the basic nutrition that it needs, which we get primarily from animal products, I'm not sure that all those other things we talk about really do all the things we think they do. No, I think they're meant to complement the the animal diet that we would primarily eat because like you said on this show um was it alone yeah the uh they primarily look for animals if you find some berries on the way here or some roots on the way there that just happens to to complement it um but most of the nutrition that we need actually comes from all the animals but not just the muscle meat like you were talking right. to last guy no just yeah. Don't just eat the muscle meats. We we soaked the but we cooked the bones and had bone broth, and we ate the organs, and we used the hides and the bones for tools, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used everything. Um, we ate the eyeballs, uh, the brains, all of that. You know, somebody just asked me a question um, on Healthy Tribe about my rib recipe, and they asked me if I removed the membrane from the back of the ribs. That's kind of like a rib cook-off thing. You know, you always see them removing the membrane. And I always wonder, why do you bother? It's actually a lot of work to get that membrane off when it's raw. When it's cooked, it comes right off. So I don't ever cut it off before I cook it. And now I just eat it. I don't tear it off and throw it away. I eat it. It's a part of the animal. Why wouldn't I eat it? It's quite crunchy and it, when, when it's cooked and, and it has a, a, a different flavor. It's, it's part of the meat. It, right. It, it, it's a part of the animal. And it, there are nutrients in there that are specific to that type of tissue. This is why we eat nose to tail. We eat the whole animal. So, no, I'm not going to cut that membrane off. I'm going to eat it. Good stuff. Um Yep, so I'm I'm keeping out looking for more recipes and more ways to get those those natural things in our diet and nope. Um and anytime I find something new I'll pass it on and is there any kind of you said I, I kind of thought that you were going to work with sounded like we were working with Azure as a um as a partner, are we going to develop drops possibly around the country for drivers? We, we may do that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one of the ideas we're talking about is, you know, they have pretty darn good access now, but if we start to find ways that we could even make it easier 
for a driver while he's in his truck, not not just doing it from home. So yeah, that's an idea we're tossing mm-hmm. around and trying to figure out how to solve that. I think that would be awesome. Logistically, it might be a, a little a little frustrating, but I think if we can figure it out and make it make it grabbable from the road in your truck, that would be awesome. You know, here's here's what we need to make that happen, and what it's going to require is a person to go out and do this, and whether we hire them, I, I don't know. Um, really, all we need are to find businesses that we already kind of work with when we're on the road and make those businesses the drop location. Yes, and they possibly they could drop and hold for a day or two right. while the people are making their way across the and stop right. in and grab their things. Yep. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll think on that. Get back. Have any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's uh, certainly there's some challenges there, but uh, I think if we keep working on that, we might be able to make something like that happen. Um, one other thing, I want to let you know before uh, I let you go, I'm putting your crock to use. I heard for peppers. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I kept looking at that and I kept thinking, boy, man, would that make some awesome sauerkraut? And then the size of it. I mean, this thing is a monster. Um, Sarah got me this uh-huh. beautiful c- ceramic fermenting crock that I absolutely love. But it was so big. I'm like, would I really eat that much, you know, sauerkraut or kimchi? And I kept looking at it. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm growing like 75 pepper plants this year because I want to make a huge batch of fermented hot sauce. Why not use this crock? So um, I'm practicing right now because my peppers aren't going to be done till late this year. So I actually bought a bunch of uh, peppers from Azure because you can buy in bulk from them easily. Uh, So I'm making my first batch in there from their peppers, not from the garden, but... uh, I, I, so, you know, I said the other day I was going to ferment this for a year, and then I realized, no, I'm going to want to get my peppers out of the garden started in there. So I'll ferment this now. Right. I started it about a month ago, and it is smelling incredible right now. I used leeks instead of onions. I've never tried that before in something like this, like a sauce, but these jalapenos and the leeks right now fermenting smell incredible. Uh, So I I think I'll let them go until I start to harvest peppers out of my own garden. Then I'll make sauce out of those and start fermenting my own peppers. Very good. I still have a couple jars of, um, cranberries that I put up in November, right when they first started coming out. Um, uh, I just love them. That's funny you I mentioned that. I put a couple that. of them with my goat. Funny you mentioned that. You I gave me a, a big jar of those, and I just finished them yesterday. Have you tried them with your yogurt? Yes. It was awesome. I actually put them with yogurt and sardines. And then I got some of your mackerel and um, anchovies. Oh, my gosh. My favorite combination was the lemon caper. Isn't that one in just that lemon flavor? You know, a lot of times in savory foods, I'm not wild about lemon because sometimes it tastes fake. The lemon in mm-hmm. this 
in those with the lemon and the anchovies, the lemon flavor is incredible. It's so real and it's subtle, but they are really good. And it is amazing with uh, the cultured sweet potato. Oh, I'll bet. That's interesting. Yeah. All so right. I'm, I'm actually shopping at the store to make another big batch of that. There you go. Excellent. All right. Great stuff, Sarah. Thanks. Let's go to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Talking about Azure, you should maybe mention to have them uh, carry the Portland ketchup so we can make our barbecue sauce. Uh, they do carry Your Portland. barbecue sauce. They do carry Portland. Oh, I didn't see it on there. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. In fact... They carry it in a two and a half gallon box, which is awesome. Oh, yeah! I just made yep. a batch of barbecue sauce a week or two ago and canned it all. And I started with a two and a half gallon. I even I even posted my recipe for a big yeah. batch. You know, you start with the two and a half okay. gallon bag of ketchup. I think it was four cups of blackstrap molasses three cups of apple cider vinegar, a quarter cup of liquid smoke. That's the base sauce recipe. And then I add, I I like a lot of heat in my barbecue sauce. So I added, uh, was it a pint? Yeah, I added a pint of a screaming hot habanero. It was actually a habanero carrot sauce. Um, And this batch Hands down, the best barbecue sauce I've ever tasted. Yeah, I'll have to look. I looked through there last night. I just didn't see it. So I'll take a second look. Yeah, you can. Uh, but the reason I called. Oh, but Well, you know what? I This would have been a good question to ask David. Because um, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if all the same products are always available all around the country. Yeah. That may be. Maybe where you are, they don't. Ha- Maybe I have the Portland ketchup because I'm so close to Portland. Yeah. Um, the reason I called is Monday you were talking about the seven habits. Or, um, not so, yeah. And it made me think of a book that I just got done reading. Um, kind of use it as sharpening your saw on your love. It's called The Five Love Languages. What was, what was um, that guy's, a very good book. What was that guy's name? John something? Uh, no. no. Uh, he wrote it down in the notes. Um, where did I put it? That's a, that's a classic, uh, too. Gary that. Chapman. Okay. You know, yeah. I think I'm getting... I think I'm getting the authors confused. The guy who wrote um, Men Are From Mars and Women Are for Venus From Venus. I think that guy's name is John something. Uh, the Five Love Languages, yeah, wasn't, wasn't that written like in the 90s? It had, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was, but they also have, they have for men, for women, for children. Right, right. Uh, they have several different um Titles you know, it, but it, it, that really was a good book. It, it really was mm-hmm. the the idea of you know I'll just give the basic idea of the book that we all 
kind of have a certain way that we receive love or feel loved. Some people want to be complimented a lot. That makes them feel loved. So that that's kind of right. the idea. And what the mistake we make in relationships is that we assume the things that make us feel loved are the same things that make our partner feel loved. So we keep doing those things and the partner's not feeling loved. And then we get frustrated because... We say, but I did everything to make it, but we're doing the wrong things. We're doing the things we would want to to have done to be, feel loved. That's kind of the general yeah, idea of the you're book. Not, you're not showing them in their love language. Right, right. Now, so, I just kind of thought that was the same. Yeah. Similar yeah. to the seven habits because it's sharpening the on your personal love language. Love. Yeah, and oh. clearly relationships are a, a huge part of our life and our happiness. So yeah, that that actually yep. is a really good book recommendation for that. The other one that I was thinking of: uh, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, kind of interesting, same kind of take, slightly different. That you know we are different, and if we understand the differences, then we can understand our partners better and give them more of what they need. And um, but now with all this stuff going on around genders, um, I saw something the other day and I thought it was hilarious. Um, and this obviously in today's world is not political correct, and I don't give a damn. I just thought it was hilarious. It was men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and all the other genders came from Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was clever. Yeah, it, it just made me think of that when you were talking about Seven Habits, and I just literally got done reading that because it was recommended to me, so figured I'd pass it on. Yep, I like it. Thanks for the call. All right. Uh, well, I just looked up at the clock, and the hour is just about over, and I am out of calls. So uh, I'll give you a minute or two. I don't mind staying. If you've got some more calls and questions, I'll take them. Um, otherwise, we're going to wrap this up. I do have a note here. Uh, Rolling Toe is going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern time. 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so that's what, in an hour from now? So, yeah. Yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern would be just about an hour from now. So uh, that would be 9 o'clock, no, 10 o'clock here on the West Coast, uh, rolling toe. So just slightly late today. I know a lot of times we start rolling toe um, at around 9.30 our time. Um, looks like it's just going to be a little late today. So uh, we will be sending out a text. I think we're going to alter the time of the text so it's a little closer uh, to when you need it, to remind you that Mike and Kevin Beckett will be doing Rolling Toe today at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Um, also have another caller I'm going to get to here. Um, also, I want to talk about the app. The app is out. 
the app for listening to this show, either listening live or accessing our entire library. And boy, I got to tell you, our library is growing fast uh, with all the shows we're doing and Uh, We have a lot of content building up. I've had several days this week where I went over three hours with no breaks. Uh, We have all the other shows that are happening. We have more shows that are going to be coming online. Uh, Everything is in the app. It's easy to listen live. We actually have a button if you want to call in and ask a question. You just touch it on the app and you get connected to us. Uh, And we have tons more features on the way. Really, really excited. The team did an awesome job on this app. It looks amazing. The functionality. So you can listen to all of our shows completely commercial free and you can listen to them anytime you want. You can listen to them as many times as you want and they never go away. Uh, I'm not sure what more we could do. No, no, I actually am sure. We have new features coming up soon that will allow you to pick and choose and search for things and go right to specific calls or specific topics if you want. Um, We're really excited about that. We'll be talking about that more. But get the app. It's really amazing. And we would love it if you would give us a review in your app store, whether it's Google Play or the uh, Apple iOS store, um, download the app, use it, and give us an honest review. If you don't like it, tell us you don't like it and put it in writing on the reviews. That's the whole point. Um, if there are features you want, you could write that in the review. I, you know, I love the app, but could you do this? That would be awesome. Uh, It also helps other people find the app. The more reviews you have, the easier it is to find things in the store. The the easiest way to find it right now is go to your app store and type in Let's Truck. And if you type it in as one word, no spaces, the app um, should come right to the top. Check it out and uh, let me know how you like it. We're excited about it. The programming team... You're probably not going to see a lot of big updates to the listening app for right now. We have a lot of things in the works and we've got a whole roadmap laid out for it. But right now, the programming team will be putting more time into some other parts of the app, fuel gauges and some other things, but also building out our broadcast and network infrastructure. We are going to build our entire infrastructure from scratch. We're not going to use anybody else's platforms. We're building our own phone system. We're building our own recording systems. We're building all of our own editing software. Um, The entire network and all of the podcast shows will be built on our platform so we can never be canceled. Uh, That's our goal. Uh, we've spent the last several several years, probably five now, being canceled, deleted, and censored from other platforms. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Sirius, you name it. Uh, that's not going to happen anymore. We're, we are going to control our entire infrastructure. Uh, and we're excited about it. It, it. Not only are we going to control it, it's going to be better. Better for us, better for you, better for everybody. So stay tuned, but head on over and get the app and uh, give us a review. Let's go to another call. Let's go to Michigan. Dave, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Kevin. Good to talk to you today. Hey, I'm the guy that's uh, blue in your ear at the truck show. Oh, okay. I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget that? So, yeah, exactly, right? So, um, hey, love the cardio miracle. Good. Uh, to preface that, I've been taking L-arginine probably for 15 years. Um, and this, this just takes it to, to the next step, right? So not always a direction follower, uh, probably from being an owner operator for too long, but, um, you know, listening to the other people call in, you know, I was only taking one dose in the morning. And when you had the creator on your show and he said about taking before you go to bed, I thought, oh, geez, is that, that going to perk me up? But I tell you what, I've been doing that for a week, and my sleep is incredible. You know, I could only get maybe four or five hours, six hours tops. Now I'm, I'm in bed almost eight hours. You know. And I kind of like it. Uh, I just thought of something as you were saying that. I, I've been changing a lot of things um, it's kind of experimenting again, my diet, I am, you know, I used to say carnivore ish and the ish keeps getting less and less. Um, I keep getting more and more carnivore. So that was one thing I was changing. I'm not really taking any supplements right now. I was doing the, the light balance, the brain octane, the vitamin D. I do those every day. Um, the I was kind of like you, the cardio miracle. I know I'm supposed to take two doses a day, one in the morning, one at night. I never seem to get to the one at night. I always do the one either in the morning or during the day, especially in the summer, because the minute I walk out into the garden, I grab a big tumbler and fill it up with ice and cardio miracle, and I sip on it the whole time I'm out there working. I did start to get into the habit of doing the cardio miracle at night. And then I got out of the habit about a week ago. And I was looking at my notes over a bunch of stuff I was recording, and I was trying to figure out a week or two ago why my sleep had been getting better. I didn't think I changed anything. I forgot about that second dose of Cardio Miracle I was taking at night. And for a week or two, my sleep was steadily improving. And I was like, well, what changed? I'm always working on my sleep. Nothing ever seems to work. And this week, my sleep sucks. It has just tanked. I'm back to about four hours a night. It's not even a good four hours. But I realized, as you were saying this, I stopped taking the Cardio Miracle about a week ago. Yeah, I can, huh. I can see that. So when, and then the other thing is, you know, I always did the bulletproof coffee and that kind of, I don't know, seemed like it made me hungry. I know it's supposed really? to fill me up, you know, and then I was, so, so I kind of went away me, from that and then, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I want to ask you something about that before I forget and we get on to something else. So tell me about your recipe, how much coffee uh, I would use an eight ounce cup. How much butter and, and coconut put, oil? Oh, I put a big hunk of butter. Uh, you know, carry gold per you. Uh, you know, I, I, not to sidetrack, but you know, listening to you, 
man has made such a difference in my life. It's unbelievable. From the stuff that you talked to me about buying for my truck. Um, and you know, I sold that three years ago, but, uh, so I would put the carry gold okay. and then, uh, the coconut oil. Yeah. You know, I didn't really measure. I just gave it a pour. Okay. So, I mean, um, I could see it floating on the top and then I would put heavy cream in there. Maybe that was my downfall. Uh, I don't think so. Here's, here's what might be happening. It's the fat in the coffee that kills our appetite. Fat is very satiating to our appetite. So I was just wondering if you're putting enough fat in. It sounds like you probably are. It's the caffeine that can actually increase your appetite. And what happens, um, do you ever monitor your blood sugar? No, just when I go for the doctor okay. once a year for um, the A1C. Well, and that was 5.1. Oh, excellent, by the way. Um, caffeine raises your blood sugar. We know that. It, it does it. It raises your blood sugar. When your blood sugar rises, everything that goes up must come down. Caffeine kind of artificially gives us a spike. And when we spike, then when it comes down, it tends to drop lower than normal. And that's when you'll probably get that appetite spike. Um, so uh, anyway, you oh, know, with oh, all uh, this quick way you could store, quick way you could test that theory is to try um, decaffeinated coffee for your NDK coffee once and see what happens. Mm. So what I did, I, I gave up on that. I was just using the heavy cream. Well, then we can't get the quart of the heavy cream here. I could only get the little bottle, you know, the little like things that you would get when you were in school, right? right. Just that little yeah. container. And all that just pissed me off. <laughs> so, and I had done this once before I listened to some other guys said, if you do something for 18 days or 21 days, it becomes a habit. So I said, Hey, I told my wife, I said, don't buy, I don't buy that anymore. I'm going back to black coffee. That made a huge difference. So now I drink the coffee and my doctor says drinking black coffee doesn't interrupt the fast. Is that true? That is true. He's correct. Okay. So two cups of black coffee in the morning and then about 11 o'clock or so I have my cardio miracle. I put a little bit of vinegar in that. And instead of using water, I use kombucha. Oh, interesting. Okay. That fills me up through the day. Um, having dinner, which, yeah, carnivore-ish, you know, I love just to eat meat. If I have a snack, it's meat and cheese. Probably not the best meat from the deli we get roast beef. And I use Colby Jack cheese. I call them cheese roll-ups. And I'll have maybe two of those and I'm satisfied, you know, dinner, real meat. Um, you know, for my wife, I have to have a vegetable. So it may be a little cauliflower. Right. Um, and what has happened, I went from 212 down to 193. Excellent. Congratulations. So it's the only thing I'm. Hey, Kevin, I haven't been 193 since I got out of the service. 
Isn't that awesome? And we're talking 1978, right? Yeah. Is it, isn't so, it just awesome? It's unbelievable. You know, and when I told my doctor, and you'll get a kick out of this, I said, well, I'm not using that heavy print. Oh, yeah, you don't want that. Way too much fat. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, right, right. So we solved that problem, right? You know? Uh, and uh, it's just, so it's, I think I have to attribute to the intermittent fast. So now when I'm, maybe would want a little snack before bed, you know, like maybe 9.30, 10 o'clock. Hey, that cardio miracle kind of fills me up, you know, and I mix it in a, in the same cup I use for everything. The cup I got from you when I bought two cans of cardio miracle. Yeah. Um, and I put a lot of ice in there so it's cold and shoot it down. And yeah, it's kind of crazy, you know, and as far as falling asleep fast, you know, I was kind of cheap. I would not idle my truck all night long. What I would do is in the summertime, I would get that sleeper super cold you know curtain down thing <laughs> yeah. blaring and i i had a 15 minute shutdown timer on my truck oh there you go and my goal was to, my goal was to fall asleep within 15 minutes okay so we bought one of these uh not, not the mattress it's the bed frame that you know you can move the head and the and the foot up make different positions and that has what they call a massage mode it's no massage. It vibrates. Right. So when I turn that on low, man, I think I'm sleeping in my truck, <laughs> you know, and I yeah. set the 15 minute timer and I'm usually asleep before that thing shuts off. That's awesome. Kind of crazy. There's actually two settings. If you do the head and the foot equally, you know, it's like sleeping with my cat piled up to like a thousand RPM. If you have it where they're different, you have that lobe. I think I'm in a, 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 a two cycle Detroit. You there know? you go. And it, you go to that, but I tell you what, and I, I yeah, that, and like you, I used to take a lot of other stuff and I gave up on all of that. You know, I would supplement my B's and my D's and C and stuff like that. I think I get everything I need from that cardio miracle. Yeah, there's it's clearly crazy. a lot of, yeah, clearly a lot of nutrients in there. And, and I've said, I am bad at taking supplements. I know there are supplements that make me feel better. They, they make me healthier. I get it. I know they do. And yet I still am so bad at taking them. That's why I love the NDK coffee. I get those every day. And now the cardio miracle is easy for me to take. I don't forget to take it. I like it. I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. I do too. I do too. But I just, you know, then when you said that, then I actually read the back of the directions. Oh yeah. You need two doses. And that's right. what the guy said before taking before bed. And I'm like, yeah, Hey, I'll try well, anything. I, you, know? I, you may have, figured something out here i'm gonna start tonight to go back to that second dose at night before bed and see if that's what's been going on the last couple of weeks yeah because even when i would sleep longer you know when i woke up i was kind of like still tired a little groggy uh, granted being retired i don't have to go out and put 500 miles on i get that part and that's probably psychological 
but I wake up now and man, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I, I love so. those mornings. Yeah. Um, Hey, great stuff. You may have helped me uh, figure. I don't know why I didn't think about that. I guess because I don't think of, I certainly don't think of Cardio Miracle as a sleep supplement. But every function in our body is about nutrition. And there's a lot of nutrition in Cardio Miracle. And maybe there's some combination in there that is helping sleep somehow. I'm going to do a little testing on this. Let's, uh, let's go to Kentucky. Wojtek, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. So I have a, a question for you and uh, all the listeners about what ideas as far as uh, businesses, other businesses that are compatible with the owner-operator lifestyle, we can think about maybe engaging as we're heading into this recession that would complement not being home all the time or you know being on the road uh, that could be passive or semi-passive sources of income that we can do, you know, not being home all the time or, you know, moving around the country um, to either supplement or expand our income. Yeah, that's a going that's, into the future. That's a good topic. Uh, certainly good timing. Um, without uh, thinking a lot about it, the first couple things that come to mind, um, anybody with skills, computer skills, and I don't mean just knowing how to use a computer, but things like uh, copywriting, graphic arts, um, you know, ad writing, things that you can, the work is physically done on the computer. There are services. Have you ever seen the uh, website Fiverr? No. Go look this up. This site's been around forever. The first time I found this site, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So it's Fiverr. I think it's F-I-V-R-R.com. Something close to that. I think if you type that in, you'll get it. So here's the concept. The whole website is designed so that you, if you want to be a provider and get paid, you go create an account on there and you decide what you will do to earn $5. That Now, you can have other prices in that, but it was the concept was five bucks. What would you do with five, for $5? And some of the weird things, and if you go look, you're going to find a ton of weird things, but it's kind of cool. Like a couple I remember, like one guy, his whole deal was he would put a temporary tattoo of your company logo on his forehead and spend a certain amount of time walking around Times Square. I mean, those are like the weird things that people would do for five bucks. But we've actually found um, we had a graphic artist. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. My left butt cheek is for rent. There you go. There you go. So we found a, a cartoonist and she would do caricatures of all the employees, individuals, and then we would have her do a group picture caricature of, of all of our employees. And we would release it like every year at the CMC. And we found her on Fiverr. You know, she would draw a 
caricature of you for five bucks. Now we contracted with her and we paid her more than five and then she gave us a price for the, but it's kind of a way to find these people. Some of them are really skilled. Some of them are just goofy. They'll, they'll just do, they'll, you know, they'll call up your girlfriend and sing happy birthday to her for five bucks, stuff like that. Okay. So check out that uh, well, I'm, that website. But then, you know, for people with true skills like that, there are freelance sites where you just go, here's what I do, here's my rates. People find you and you say, okay, I'll ghostwrite an article for you or, or whatever, or I'll, I'll design a logo or, I mean, it just goes on and on. So anything that can, where you can generate revenue on the computer itself with some sort of a skill or weird thing on Fiverr. That's one idea. Um, the other that came to mind for me, but it's not like you can just run out and start this now. Um, you know, real estate can be passive income, um, in several yeah, ways. That, that, that's one of the ideas. I'm, that's one of the ideas I'm tossing around, but I mean, everybody, every investor with, you know, a couple bucks in their pocket wants to be a, a next Donald Trump and, you know, but that's, obviously not going to happen but what i have uh, considered is purchasing land and obviously it's uh expensive now in the most desirable areas but my idea would be to wait till the prices go down and buy small plots of land in the middle of nowhere relatively speaking uh that are not necessarily super expensive and putting um, some kind of small type of cabin or any kind of small structure that could be used as a vacation type of rental property. Have you Uh, ever, have you ever seen, have you ever seen yurts? Yes. Yes. And that would be one of the, one of the options. Yeah. Uh, You know, and, Obviously, location dependent based on the local codes and laws and all that. Uh, but also, like I'm thinking about uh, buying a portable sawmill to mill my own, be able to mill my own lumber, uh, and that would be you know a ten to fifteen thousand dollar expense. I'm hoping it wouldn't be a paperweight, but I think as an investment for the future and, and be able to mill my own lumber, obviously that, that, that that's context dependent. Uh, also, I think in the future, as we're going into this recession and companies are go liquidating equipment, heavy equipment will be uh, more available and cheaper at auctions. And that is a long-term investment. And it's also context specific to you know you have to know about that business but all these you know i'm looking for other ideas that will be coming up uh as we're going in through a recession that we could take advantage of and you know not watch our cash just uh pissed away by biden inflation yeah uh no i think it's a great idea i love the topic so you know we'll talk about it more often here on the air anytime somebody has an idea you know back to the yurt thing um depending on where you live this could be pretty darn profitable i live in a place where all summer long we are flooded with tourists and they can never find enough places to stay 
We don't have any big hotels in the gorge at all. We have a couple little ones around, nothing major. Um, it's just there, everybody wants to be out in the gorge in the summertime, but there aren't a lot of places to stay. And Portland's, you know, almost an hour away. So the property right. that I bought over on the Washington side, which will probably be where we eventually build our retirement home because it's a stunning piece of property and it's kind of remote. It's on its own private road. There's not many p- other people around. Um, right now, if I wanted to, I could put three yurts on there without any real problem or expense. I could probably put three nice yurts on there for about 15,000. And that yeah, would, I was just gonna say a, a, a decent one is about five thousand. Yeah, kids. you can. Yeah, I mean, they can have kitchens in them. I mean, you can have plumbing and bathrooms and you know ceiling fans. You can get kind of a little crazy with them, or they can be a basic tent with a, a wood floor, whatever. But five thousand gets you a pretty nicely set up yurt. Uh, I could put three of them on that property, and I could probably generate. Seven hundred and fifty dollars a night, almost all summer long. Wow! Uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I know some people that have uh, little complexes of rental houses, and in the season, my God, they make more money than yeah, most yeah. owner operators make in a year. I, I could easily get two hundred and fifty a night for a yurt in that location with those views. Well, what are you waiting for? I don't have time. I really, that's the only thing. I just don't have time. Maybe you should uh, set up a hammock, a couple hammocks in your garden <laughs> and do that as well. You know, yep. have, have owner operators swing by the gorge and, uh, you know, pay uh, a couple hundred bucks just to uh, sleep in a hammock in your garden. You know, as crazy I as want royalties it, for that idea, by the way, there you go. All right. Uh, checks in the mail. Um, the, (laughs) along those lines, a couple months ago, I mentioned another idea that, you know, I've had in my head for years, kind of came from the CMC. Um, I talked about doing a kind of intensive lifestyle health clinic, um, the house that I'm in right now, the one I live in, I've said many times, we've actually, we bought this property and we expanded it for a future bed and breakfast. I don't know when in the future, when I'm bored with everything else I'm doing, but we have about 6,100 square feet. This is a big place. It's got, it has the potential to have five full suites in it. And I had this idea of I don't remember if I said two weeks or what the number of days were, but I said, you'll come here. Couples, you know, would really be the goal. Couples together, you know, we'll learn about food and making yogurt and gardening and fermenting and pressure canning and business and, you know, financial planning. I I put together this whole curriculum and you would live in it. You know, you would be immersed in it for two weeks. I said, of course it would be expensive was all I said. Um, I didn't really put a number on it because I hadn't thought it through yet. I, I sold out the whole thing and nobody even knows what the price is. I mean, I had people call me and say, put me on the list and I want to be there. I'm like, I was only talking about it. There's nothing planned. I haven't, I haven't put it. It was just an idea. Um, but that was yeah. another one. In the previous life, I was going to be the guy that uh, gets 
did corporations to uh, send their people for team building uh, outings and all that with, you know, a very kind of uh, psychology spin to it. And, and But then I decided to start a trucking company and, you know, here I am living the dream. So you so, just yeah, corporations would eat that up. Absolutely. So you just gave me a good idea, the big picture kind of thing on this. Um, because uh, before if, you go, don't forget to add that to the check. <laughs> All right. I'm making a note right now. Um, here's the thought. Now, this isn't something you're going to be able to pull off by next week, but it's, it's more big picture thinking if you are in the trucking industry, and that's kind of what you ask me, people who are truck drivers and owner operators, right? You can live anywhere in the country, right? Sure. You're not restricted to living that's in. That's I'm certain... looking for. I'm, I'm looking for land. I'm looking for land anywhere. Yeah, I I didn't move here to where I am now in the gorge because I thought that it was going to be this incredible business opportunity. I moved here because it's a beautiful place to be. And like owner operators, my business doesn't require me to be in any specific place. Hell, I could be doing this show from New Zealand if I wanted to. So I live here because it's beautiful. But now that I'm here, I realize when you live in an area like this, there's all kinds of possibilities. Here's another one. Um, we didn't pursue this. It just kind of dropped into our lap. We were approached by a friend that said, hey, we know you guys cook and you cater and you have the beautiful house and all that space. Would you help us with a wedding for our friend of ours? And we did a wedding. And then we actually did a wedding for one of our employees, Brittany, um, which was awesome. We had our whole family and everybody come out here to the West and we did a big wedding here and we could make a fortune doing weddings and venues because people want to be out here because it's a beautiful place. And a lot of times land, like we're talking about to put a yurt on, wouldn't even be all that expensive. Now the land I bought is because it's got this stunning view but when you're in an area like this where people want to come, that creates an awful lot of possibilities for second and third businesses. Absolutely. Your idea cool. of yeah, like so I'm just looking for corporate, more. corporate retreats. People want to go to really cool, beautiful places for things like that. Right. And truck drivers, again, you can live in those places. A lot of people don't have that flexibility, but as a truck driver and owner-operator, you certainly do. You can live anywhere you want. Well, I, I got kid, little kids, so I can't really just pick up and leave. But I'm, I'm, th I'm thinking about buying land and putting mobile structures for rent uh, and just keeping that you know, around the country and have a bunch of them relatively close to obviously places where people would want to go and see, but out in the middle of nowhere so that people can just go and that disconnect from the world and not have, you know, next door neighbor in a hotel room banging on the wall in the middle of the night or, you know, that's, sirens going by. So That's the bigger trend where, you know, if you look back historically, a lot of people wanted to go to 
fancy hotels and resort areas. And that isn't so much the destination anymore. It's what you just said. More and more now, people want to get away from everything and just unplug. So that's one idea. I'm kind of curious to see what other people have going or would come up with. Yeah, well, let's let's throw it out. I think it's a great topic. Cool. All right, have a good one. All right. Darn, you know, I uh, I put that check in the mail, and I just watched the postman. He picked it up, but it blew away. Darn. Um, let's go to Florida. Matt, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind uh, today? You were talking about cardio miracle here a little bit ago, and I've been meaning to ask this for a while, and I need to get a post up on Healthy Try. But uh, so when I started it, I was doing the two servings a day. They're probably the first container, and I've been one serving a day for I just started my third container. Um. Biggest thing I've noticed, and I'm wondering if there's a correlation in reading the book Drop Acid and Gout and Uric Acid and all that. In that book, they said the higher uric acid levels in your blood, it depletes nitric acid or nitric oxide. oxide. I know. I, I, yeah. I remember reading that. That's the first time I've ever read that anywhere. Yep. And my health, I'm, I'm not the cleanest diet. I, you know, I got a lot of room for improvement yet. But over the years, things have improved that my gout attacks have pretty much ended. But I still had, like, lingering inflammation in, in joints and gout-like pains. Since the cardio miracle, that has gone away. So I I think you and I are similar in this that I've talked about over time, you know, I keep getting these little flare ups when my diet isn't quite as clean as it should be. And they feel like gout, but I didn't really think it was gout. And then we figured out that oxalates can kind of create the same thing. And I, I know that this always happens when oxalates in my diet are higher. So I think my problem is actually oxalate crystals, not uric acid crystals. But, and, you know, we've always been told that, oh my God, meat is going to make this worse. And I, I said, I'm eating more and more carnivore and um, taking the cardio miracle. I, I, I'm back to one, but I'm going to switch again today back to two. And since I've been eating this way and doing that, I've had none of those flare ups at all. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I'll, I'll make a post later today when I stop kind of basically asking for a survey of, of anybody that suffered gout or gout-like symptoms and is on Cardio Miracle and see if we can come up with a trend. Yeah, I don't know for me whether it's the eating more carnivore, but what that really means is if I'm eating more carnivore, I'm eating less vegetables. And I think for me, it's the oxalates in the vegetables that cause me the problem. So it might not be the meat that I'm eating that's fixing it. It's that if I'm eating meat, I'm not eating the vegetables that were causing the problem. Yeah, 
<laughs> there's always multiple things. That's why, yeah, the bigger the group. Yeah, and then we can see if we can pinpoint things. Then I did start to think about the cardio miracle and the nitric oxide and how that affects uric acid. And I thought, well, maybe it's both of them. Maybe the two together are what's working so well. And that actually, you were talking your sleep quality. I noticed that too when I started taking it, that it certainly seemed like I was sleeping better. Lately here with the hot weather, my sleep is not as good as I'd like it to be, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a cool weather person. I, this heat is not for me. I, well, yeah, I, I, um, I, I am becoming more and more of a mild weather person. I don't want the extremes anymore. You know, I, I've had I had the extremes of northeast Ohio winters my whole life. I had the extremes of Florida heat and humidity for 14 years. It's kind of why I'm in the Pacific Northwest now, because we don't have those extremes. And, and right now, we just yesterday, we started our summer weather pattern, clear blue skies, nice 70 degree weather 50s in the morning those nice cool crisp mornings and cool at night my bedroom doors are wide open and we don't even have to have screens here because we don't have any bugs Uh, i'm loving that part of it but again i'm struggling with my sleep here's another weird thing i have found i've identified uh you would think that a good hard day of physical labor you know, 10 hours of constant movement, landscaping, being out in the garden, being outside, doing that kind of stuff. You would think that would be awesome for your sleep. It does the opposite for me. That seems to almost energize me and I cannot wind down and get to sleep after a day like that anymore. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's weird. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, um, it it had gotten to the point where I had three or four nights of like three and a half hours of sleep. That was it for several days in a row. And I got to the point where I was just so tired, I couldn't go out and work in the garden. And I thought, you know what? I have a lot of reading to do. And I have a couple of really good books I want to get to right now. Um, And I thought, I'm just going to read all day. And I read all day and actually got a better night's sleep after doing nothing all day. So I, somewhere in there, I've got to find some balance or, you know, I'm going to go back and do the cardio miracle, you know, later in the evening and see if that was part of why I was sleeping better then. Well, yeah, I'd say it's, it's uh, more people out there paying attention and... Yep if we can come up with some correlations. Yeah, when you look at the list of ingredients for Cardio Miracle, this is why I don't even think, I didn't even think about it as affecting my sleep. Technically, there's really nothing on there that we would look at and say, you know, that's for sleep. Although, does it have some melatonin? I can't remember if it does or not. Not that melatonin helps me to sleep, it absolutely doesn't, but it may have some, I can't remember. Um, so I don't think of it as a sleep supplement. That, that's not the purpose of it. There's really nothing in there that's targeted for sleep. But the, we do seem to be seeing some patterns here. So 
Um, yeah, let's let's get a post up and let's keep talking about it. Yep, sounds like a plan. I say I'll, I'll get that posted here later today and see if we can come up with any patterns. All right, sounds good. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Kansas. Travis, welcome to the program. Morning. Hey, a couple things. Uh, one is uh, I got a suggestion for your app. Uh, you're talking about how users kind of personalize their experience on the app. Um, you ought to put a section in there that, uh, you know, people like me that enjoy the show, if we're ever having a bad day or feeling down about ourselves, you ought to put a section there where we can go back and listen to all the previous calls from your buddy Chris from Delaware. That, that was some good entertainment sometimes right there. <laughs> You know, um, not that we would put that much effort into making sure people could hear him again, but technically that our, our search feature that we're working on will do things like that. So here's one of the problems with audio. Um, I don't listen to a lot of audio unless I'm on the road traveling. If I'm at home, I just don't. Maybe when I'm in the sauna blanket, I might. But actually, I'd rather just read. Even if I'm laying in the sauna blanket, I'd rather just read than listen. So when I'm home, I don't listen to a lot of audio podcasts, things like that. There are definitely some podcasts I I would love to listen to. I know I would get things out of them. I just don't. I have a hard time just sitting and listening when I'm home. So I like podcasts like Diet Doctor has a podcast, but they do a transcript, a written transcript, so I can read it. And it's easier to search through a transcript. It's easier to skim through a transcript. So we're kind of taking that idea and applying it to audio. We're going to be using technology that we will create a whole list of keywords and, for example, oil sample. And our software, every time it hears the word oil sample, will tag that spot in the audio as oil sample. And we can even refine it. If I say oil sample and then in the next sentence I say ISX, Now we have two tags. Now, when you open up the app and you go, man, I really need to know, you know, what's going on with oil samples on an ISX and I need some, you you can go look for those specifically and our library won't take you to that show. It will take you to that specific call. That's pretty cool. I'll definitely be looking looking forward to something like that. Yeah, I... Um, Second thing I wanted to ask you about. I I don't know that I totally believe our programmers yet. I'm kind of skeptical, but our our programming team says they can pull this off. And if they do, it's just going to be awesome. Well, I mean, you look at like the evolution of of Siri, you know, when, you know, 15 years ago, you would think a voice activated search would be really inaccurate or just not a very user friendly experience. Now, I, I can't count how many times a day I say, hey, Siri, and she right. does what I ask her. It's yeah, that's a good point. So You're right. And just get better like that. Has. Yeah, that, that's, I think, really why our programmers think they can pull this off now, because voice recognition has gotten so much more powerful. Right. Um, second thing I wanted to ask you about is uh, dairy. Uh, do you know if consuming too much dairy has any correlation to 
not sleeping well or developing headaches. Mm. Tell me what too much dairy might look like. Uh, well, I definitely consume more than the average person, I'm sure. Um, I probably go through half a gallon of milk every like day and a half, two days maybe, and that's you know on top of uh, uh, cheese and, and uh, whatever uh, whatever else I consume, you know, burgers every now and then, or or uh, cream cheese on a bagel. Um, but I've so, always wondered if. So the form of dairy has an impact. The quality of dairy has an impact. Um, I believe that drinking milk is probably the worst form of dairy. That's probably where I get most of my dairy. And then my guess is it's probably not really high quality dairy either. To be honest, I'm not sure what it is. It's, then it's Whatever not high quality. Store brand you yeah. Get. Now, then it's garbage. It's industrial yeah. factory created milk. Um, it's got all kinds of problems, the hormones. And I mean, we could just go on and on and on. Um, yeah, I do believe that could be part of what you're dealing with. The good news is there's a really easy way to test it. Yeah. Cut out dairy. Yeah. I, I, now, you know, when we take dairy and we make cheese, that eliminates some of the problems. When we age the cheese and the longer we age the cheese, that gets rid of more problems. Now, there is one problem that gets created when we age things, and that's histamines. If you're sensitive to histamines, you don't want to eat things that have been aged. But when we age cheeses and we make them drier and harder, then they have a lot less uh, health impact, negative health impact. If we start with good quality grass-fed dairy, you know, well-raised animals and, and all of those things, and then we make cheese out of it, now we're talking about food that's more nutritious and doesn't have nearly as many side effects. But I could see where too much conventional milk could cause those issues. Okay. So if I want to still consume milk, but not entirely cut it out, maybe I should reduce how much and switch to maybe an organic at, milk? At the very least organic, but all organic tells us. So what we, here's what we want. We want a cow or even better, a goat. The other thing I would do is switch to A2 milk instead of A1. And okay. All of the milk you see on the grocery store shelves, if it doesn't say A2 prominently on the label, then it's going to be A1. 90 plus percent of the dairy on the market is A1. A2 is kind of a new thing. And it's really just a different breed of cow that produces the A2 protein more like a goat. Um, so I would switch to A2. And what we're looking for is we want animals that are only eating grass because that's all cows should be eating is just grass. But when we see organic, all that's really telling us they're still being fed grains and corns and all those other things. It's just that the grain and corn they're feeding them is supposed to be organic. 
So it's a little better, but not really. Um, really what you want to get to is if you're going to consume dairy, it, it should be grass-fed pastured cows. Okay. All righty. Well, I think that definitely answers a lot of the questions I had on that topic. All right. Thanks for the call. And uh, thanks for the suggestion on the app as well. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, welcome to the program. Well, after hearing that guy, I came up with a question I needed to ask you. My my neighbor, he went and got a couple of Jersey cows that he milked. So I'm at, and they out in the field, they eating grass all day long. But he bribes them a little bit to come in and stand still with the milking. He gives them some uh, grain. And I know it's got corn in it. Not a whole lot, just so they'll sort of stand still while he moves them. Is that real detrimental or not bad? Or Say that again, well, because when you were talking, I got sidetracked. Oh. I wanted to go see. I thought that uh, Jersey was one of the breeds that produces A2, so I wanted to go look it up. Um, I believe that's true. I believe Jersey is one of the breeds of cow that produces A2 milk, which is what we want. But what was your question again? Oh, okay. Well, they they are out there eating grass all day long, but he bribes them to get them into the into the where he milks them and to stand still. He puts um half, he, he only milks two cows, but um he puts a little bit of grain and it's got corn in it, so they stand still and stay okay. still while he's milking them. Got it. I, I Is that don't real detrimental or not I don't, bad or I don't think so. If, if, if I had a local farmer and, you know, I could get milk from him and that was the case, he gave him a little bit of grain when he brought him in to eat. Uh, look, that, that cow has to be about 20 times healthier than the average dairy cow. So I, I, that wouldn't bother me. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of good. Like a few years, I've lived there for 15 years, but it's only just. This last about just before Christmas is when he got him, I think. And uh, so now I get free milk, and he has chickens that roam around and eat cow poop and pick through that and everything. And they're out running around all day long, so I get free milk and free eggs. And oh. I feel guilty, so I, occasionally I go around and well, every time I'm on my lawnmower, I go and mow his road frontage. So there you go. <laughs> but when but- I when I when I'm home, when I'm home, I go down there because he's seventy years old. He's been a farmer all his life, but not dairy farming. But he decided he wanted um, real milk. Oh, that's and a- he he's not short of money, so he went and bought a couple of cows and a what? little milking machine and what everything. A- so it's good. What an awesome idea. Um, And what a great deal for you. Hey, Matt just sent me something, and this is a really good idea. He did verify jerseys are A2, so that's fantastic. He bought jerseys. Um, Here's an idea. Have him try oats instead of the grain and corn. Oats are really one of our cleaner grains. And according to Matt, I don't know this, he says cows love oats just as much as they love corn. Okay, I'll get him to try that, so... And then uh, I just got one other comment. Um, running the country is as easy as riding a bicycle. 
And we know how well Joe Biden runs, rides a bicycle. So. <laughs> Hang on, we're in for the crash. <laughs> maybe <laughs> is isn't there a say? Maybe it's as easy as falling off of a bicycle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he did that. I think that golf ball, the trumpet, that hit him in the helmet. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, all right. Okay, that's all I got today. That's all Bye-bye. I need. Thanks for the call. Uh, we're going to wrap this up, I believe. Um, Angie, help me out here. Is is Rolling Toe coming up in um, 10 minutes? Is that right? All these damn time zones tend to confuse me. Um, any, oh, I should look at the right chat if I'm asking Angie a question. Uh, yes, 10 minutes. All right. So perfect timing. We're out of calls. I'm going to wrap up my show here. And uh, Mike and Kevin Beckett are going to jump in. Um, I was going to say I could, I have some things I could talk about. I could talk right up till the time their show's going, but I got to close this show out and I got to open another show. So I'll wrap mine up. We'll have a short break. Uh, and then right at the top of the hour, you'll be uh, hearing from Mike and Kevin Beckett and Rolling Toe. Hey, uh, help them out here. Give them some calls at the beginning. You know, we have this pattern on all of our shows, and it's a little hard on the host. In the beginning, we don't get calls, and then at the end, we get slammed. In fact, today, I was out of calls. I was almost ready to wrap it up, and I said, I'll take a couple more calls, and I got flooded with them, which I love. But do it in the beginning. Call in, call early. Bring in some questions. I'm sure there are all kinds of people out there with tire problems and alignment issues that need help. Um, start dialing right at the beginning. I promise you'll get through. You'll get your questions answered. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. We will. Today was definitely a free for all. My God, we went from politics to feeding cows to uh new business models we were all over the board but i loved it so thank you and we will see you back here tomorrow for trucking technology and efficiency and freaky friday be safe be profitable be fit and healthy always do the hard work and master the journey